and welcome to Starter Set. My name's still Ed Sylvester, his name's still Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. I've looked at the levels there on the mm. recording things. I'm going to turn my mic down slightly. It's a lot, there isn't it? There we go. That was a lot. That's a blinder. <laughs> yeah, that was quite intense. Sorry, everybody. Uh, welcome. I hope you're all doing okay. I hope you're having a wonderful evening, morning, or middle of the day, or night, uh, um, whatever you're doing. Maybe you're having mm. a nice morning coffee. Maybe you're having a little hot cocoa before bed. Maybe you're just H2Oing it up. H2O, yeah. Sam. Yeah. How's your D&D week been, man? My D&D week has been interesting. Um, first of all, shout out to everyone who's got back on the Tarthage train. We are back. We are rolling towards the end of Series 2. Um, thank you to everyone who listened to the latest episode that came out. I'm aware it's a bit of a gory one, but it was a lot of fun to write. Um, I won't spoil it if you haven't listened to it yet, but, uh, oh, there's a murder, which doesn't narrow it down or spoil it, really, because that's kind no. of the vibe. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fun to get out, and it was a lot of fun to go back to recording it after a few weeks away, um, mm. which is really nice. So thank you to everyone that's checked out Tales of Tarthage episode 19, The Veteran. So, yeah, that was really good. Um, so that was a high, and this... My low is sort of a high. Obviously, our Tuesday night campaign rolled around, and because I've basically got other shit on <laughs> for the next few months with regards to baby starter set, Sam, um, I needed to sort of drop out of that campaign. So me and a, my, a tireless DM got our heads together, and I said, look, I need to kind of take a back seat. I need to go. Um to go and do antenatal classes and then have a baby and then raise baby. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, so what are you what are you thinking for Cormoran, who is my, my character, Cormoran Veal? And I said, I love him. I love that character. And Isaac was like, I really like the character as well. And I was like, right, then we're agreed. Kill him. Kill <laughs> him and damage as many people emotionally as we possibly can. So, um, which isn't always apropos and appropriate to do when you kill a character, but Isaac and I do see eye to eye on that sort of element of storytelling. So, we disguise, he didn't tell me how he was going to do it, but he said, okay, well, we're going to do it next session. Please don't tell anybody else. And I was like, okay, yeah, down for a bit of that. And so we're on this spaceship thing. And wouldn't you know it, there was a problem in the reactor. And as soon as he said reactor, I was like, oh my God, he's going to, fucking Dr. Spock me, that crafty motherfucker. And I was like, yeah, I didn't um, play into it too much. And we got into a final little fight and we all sort of got a few licks in on these Weeping Angels, which was another really cool thing. I'll let you talk about that because that was a really nice... That was one of those rip-offs where it made everyone round the table go, oh, fucking, he's going to do Dr. Hoers. So anyway. Yeah. So there was a lovely moment where it was like, we've got this little hologram magic guide. And he was like, any last words? And I was like, I knew what was going to happen. I was like, oh, that's a bit dramatic, isn't it? And everyone else was like, ah, fuck you. See you later. And I was like, all right, be nice to each other when I'm gone. And in I went. And I knew it was going to happen. And it still knocked me bandy a little bit. I was still mm. very quiet after it. And uh, yeah, he fixed the reactor and then gave into the radiation. You got and that was it. didn't you? 
I guess, yeah, or sort of zapped back to reality. To yeah. quote Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there goes gravity. Uh. Um, do you know what the weirdest thing about that session was for me? Mm. All right, I'll talk Weeping Angels in a minute. Yeah. But the fact is, um, you were like, right, I'm going into the reactor, and then my uh, internet connection dropped out, or my battery died on my machine, sorry. Um, and we're still playing through Roll20 because we're all uh, scattered throughout the world. Yeah. And so I went away and was like, shit, go find a battery, plugged it in, plug my machine in, like, wait for it to power on enough to be able to then power it on. And I was like... Mm-hmm. I came back in and everybody was a bit sombre and a bit, like, sad and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. And I'd been... Before then, I'd be like, oh, he's gonna... He'll be... He's, he's dead, he's dead. He'd just say goodbye now, he's gonna die. And then I, I came back and was like... All right? How are we doing? And it was like... Yeah, he's dead. And we were like... Uh, it, it, did, it blew my mind a little bit at that point. I was like... Huh. Maybe. Just maybe... I was slightly too flippant about this going in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think having played with that group, a lesson in overt flippancy is what we all needed. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. With, um, they're definitely a chaos collection of people, without a doubt. Um, mm. uh, there's Some of that is character-driven, um, like uh, Zebulon and Thel, to be precise, yeah, um, are both very much agents of. Well, Zebulon isn't an agent of chaos. He's an agent of um, whatever goes. I've got, yeah, I've got an idea. Let's test it, even if potentially I feel like the end of that idea is like extreme pain or like something mm. not very nice. Um, and Thel is, yeah, is chaos just <laughs> leashed. Until yeah. until we say, all right, now you can go, and then he goes to town with it. Big... Like the Incredible Hog. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Big flaming sword, and then we've got a rogue as well, uh, played by uh, Timlin, is uh, who he takes roguing very seriously. I would say. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Just can I steal it? No. Can I stab it? No. I'm not interested. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that was quite good actually. I quite enjoyed that. Um, Seeing, seeing you die, Sam. Mm. But just you know, join the for queue no, for, no, yeah. for no other reasons. <laughs> it was a rather cathartic exercise, actually. I quite <laughs> liked it, and I liked that I didn't even get the last words. It was like, okay, I'm going in. Be nice while I'm gone. And that was it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was that was fun. That was interesting. So Weeping Angels. Yes, let's talk about that. So they were they were a good baddie. I had fun with them. Yeah, they were really um, good. Especially number one because we all because the thing is is and again this is this goes back to our meta conversation mm. of like what influences you within your games and like the Weeping Angels are categorically like the best one of the best bad guys coming out of like the new new age doctor who i think yeah that great and... idea for a baddie great premise yeah fantastic um and then and then unfortunately in dungeons and dragons they're quite easy to foil um with spells like daylight and yeah. the thing is but we as only soon as... can work that out about three rounds into combat though didn't we yeah well as soon as you know that's that's how these these guys operate you can actually 
you can gamify them pretty easily from a mm. D&D point of view, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the fear factor is, is gone. You slap... What did we do? We slapped up a bunch of daylight, and then our druid summoned up a load of wolves, and the wolves just looked at the angels. Job yeah. done. But there was that big one, wasn't Good there? Boys. Was like, there was, like, this huge statue. Yeah, there was like, a... I'm going to look at this, and Isaac was, like, rolled an arcana check, and you were like, oh, okay, like, 25, because you get, like, plus 10 or something. I'm a big magic boy. And he was like, yeah, you see this roiling evil just waiting to break it free. And you're like, huh, did that on a hunch. Yeah, gonna walk away now. Backwards, please. Yeah, making direct eye contact the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it was um, a good session, though, overall. Um, mm. And then I did what anyone does when their character dies. And they know that they can't go back to that game because of real world stuff. I instantly started making a new one. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I mean, you say you do say that you can't come back based upon real-world implications due to due to um, mm. Baby Sam coming along. But yeah. Kilvir, the play, the per- character who plays Kilvir, or the person who plays Kilvir, has had two kids. Mm. And still, he can get heat, man. He can come to a weekly game. Yeah, I, I know. Enjoying, but you've got you've got like a two-month like section where you can't do that. And considering we've also been on a podcast recently called Dads and Dragons, yeah. about playing Dungeons and Dragons with your kids, <laughs> although admittedly, <laughs> I believe their kids are a lot older than a newborn. Older than two months, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll exactly. see. It's, it's not going to be a year off. It'll be a few months because, yeah. believe it or not, I love this game, but not more than my unborn child. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, yeah, ain't... so that was, yeah. that was good. Yeah, exactly. I've actually had two games this week, Samuel. Believe it or not, I played on uh, on Wednesday okay. as well. Um, of course, which was wonderful. Yeah, and that also featured another. <laughs> We've been we uh, basically we watched somebody get half turned into a Cyberman. So it's been very Doctor Who centric. Yeah, that's um, been a hell of a and death, quite death heavy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we stopped him. It was this half-orc who, who we took in who was damaged by some vampires on the outside of this village. Mm. And we were like, oh, can, Smythe, can you heal him up? You remember Smythe? And you were like, that guy's a bad guy. And we yes. came back to it and we're like, yeah, he is a fucking bad guy. Of course he is. Anyway, Smythe was literally strapping bits of metal onto this half-orc as this half-orc oh, was locked out. Oh, shit. And, like, programming all this stuff in. And we get in there... And we're like, what are you doing? And then we wake up the half-orc who's like, I'm not me anymore. Like, mm. like end me kind of thing. Yeah. Or like, fix this or get me back to whatever. And I'm and my character's like, right, well, look, Smythe, you've done this. You can undo it. Our cleric's just like, get out of the way, Smythe. And just goes to town. Hands. Mm-hmm. Reaching out. Touching me, touching you. Um, <laughs> sweet just, Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Just tearing out bits of this metal from, from this half-orc who's bleeding on the floor everywhere. Mm. And and he survived. But, but like <laughs> not well. No, exactly. He went through a very horrific experience. There was a point where my character was like just considering just putting silence on, on top of his on top of him because oh, of all God. the screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just yeah, it was too much. And um, and uh, uh, an alias um, is a very um, anti uh, bodily fluid kind of guy. You know what I mean? He's very mm-hmm. prim and proper. Doesn't like blood. Doesn't like mud, snot, or anything like that. He's literally opposite Zebulon. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of prestidigitation of just like yeah. gallons <laughs> of blood that were going everywhere. <laughs> Oh, but no, another good session as well. So, Cybermen and Weeping Angels. It's been Doctor Who Bedanza. Doctor Who, Who indeed. I know. Um, yeah. 
Should we play some ads and get into the show? Let's play some ads and get into the show. Let's do it. Ads right now. Now. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. And welcome back to... Well, actually, we don't have a name for this... Um, Buyer's Guide, this arc. Yeah, which isn't really starter set, um, if I'm going to be mm. completely honest. Because, because it's informative and not a joke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it's not alliterative. Yeah, it's alliterative. That was the word I was looking for. We do like a we do like a, a double, double letter thing. Alliteration. You know yeah. You guys know what alliteration is. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> That's why I'm not an English teacher. You know when you get two double letters and you oh it becomes oh. alliteration. Peter Parker done. Um, <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED talk. So yeah, yeah, buyers guides. We are talking about the big three, big, the big three. old boys. We mentioned them sort of sparingly at the end of last episode, and we I didn't think we were going to cover them, but actually when you look at what they do in terms of jumping you off into the game. If you've decided to, you've got the essentials kit or the starter set and you've decided to jump on in, these are probably going to be your first ports of call, I would imagine. I actually, I think that this is the, the, these are the selections that people spend mo- more time deliberating over because mm. you once you've bought <clears throat> these three, typically, or just one of them, mm. you've kind of committed... And you've gone, yeah. And you get your first book, and it, and 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 you're like, oh, this is nice. Oh, I like this. I like this feeling. I wish to replicate this feeling. And then you just go again to town and, and again and again. Yeah. And then over the months, you you go like, how how have I got no money? And then you look at a shelf full of just creaking the coast products, and you're like, that's how. That's where my cash is. It's just in those books. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I find like and looking on looking online, looking at forums, looking at um, message boards. If yeah. you're from the nineties, mm-hmm. um, it does seem to be the one that everybody kind of goes ums and ahs and goes, "Oh, do I need this one? Should I get this one? Do it's I like need this one?" Fucking Squirtle, Bulbasaur, or Charmander. You almost forgot him then, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, old Charmander. It's like uh, it, it is. Yeah, yeah isn't it? It's is, the big three. It's like. like I think you can tell a lot about the kind of dungeon and dragon er because I was going to say DM or player, but that kind of makes my next point reductive. But mm. you can tell a lot about a person and where they see themselves in the game and I think in life by which one they buy first. Case in point, if you buy the monster manual mm. as your first book for D&D as you're getting into yeah. it, you're a freak and you should be locked away. Yeah, see, I knew you were going to come at this this way, and um, tell me I'm wrong. Well, tell yeah. me I'm wrong. First of all, we'll come back to this in a minute because I want to ask you another question. Um, mm-hmm. 
what's your first pick in the Pokemon? Am I playing strategically or am I playing for fun? No, you're just playing. You're just this is Well I went Charmander first. Part. Right, so so Yeah, so. the strategic goes Squirtle first to beat Brock, and then you catch a grass to beat Misty, and then by that time you've got a few in your arsenal, right? That's strategic. I see. And okay, that, right. my friend, is Squirtle is the DM's guide. Charmander right. is a player's handbook, and fucking Bulbasaur is obviously the monster manual in this setup because I think a lot of people go races and a few rules and classes and build a character and customising and learn the world through the characters I'm going to go Charmander he's the coolest he's got fire I'm going to go player's handbook mm -hmm. but I think but saying that that is the more fun but it's not a strategic buy but that's just my point of view oh were there two people on this podcast Sam yes there are Ed go <laughs> I'm just thinking well, out loud um, so, my list is slightly different, but I'll tell you my Pokemon. My Pokemon is Bulbasaur. Oh, of I course it is. I fucking loved Bulbasaur. <laughs> like, that guy. You, did you, like, you might not have watched the, the show back in the day. Yeah, of course I did. Do you remember how fucking hardcore Bulbasaur was? What? Like, oh, he, he just, how did he get Bulbasaur? Remind me. I genuinely can't remember, but he he fought Bulbasaur. What those episodes fought like a badass. Like yeah. he would just fucking. I know tackle is obviously a thing, but Bulbasaur's tackle is not doesn't like, give like a fuck. A, yeah, yeah, it's not like you know a usual tackle is you put your arms out and you use your body weight. Bulbasaur just goes head first, just like <laughs> oh, I'm gonna fucking do, boom straight because in the face. That's the thing. He got the Squirtle off the Squirtle gang. Which has, by the way, the funniest line in all of Pokemon history, where the Squirtle gang are fucking up Team Rocket and Meowth's like, this is so unusual. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. He, Charmander gets abused, doesn't he, and left behind at the road. Yeah, he finds that, him. That dickhead yeah, tethers yeah. him to like a railway track or something and he leaves him for yeah. dead. Um, Ash finds him and runs him to a, a poker centre. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in the rain, in the rain, because obviously if their tail fire goes out, that's when they die. Which yeah. is like the only time where death and Pokemon is really put together. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, I'm a Bulbasaur <laughs> kid, basically. So that's mm, upsetting. But that doesn't, and this this will bring me round to defend the Monster Manual. Okay. Because I will defend the Monster Manual because you're wrong. Um. It goes. This is the way it goes, Sam. Right. Okay. I know you're you're a different way. You choose the same same person, the same. So player's handbook, I think, is your first purchase, right? No. For most. Okay, fine. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> you're definitely wrong. You're wrong on all terms. Then. <laughs> so it goes. Player's handbook, monster manual, DM's guide. That is utter insanity. That is insanity. <laughs> because how okay, do you well, know how to use the monsters if you haven't got the fucking DM's guide? Well, okay, so so hold on to your tits, Samuel. Okay. Um, so your your ability to play the game mm. uh, for both DM and player comes from the player's handbook. There's all your rules for ex exploration and combat and everything like that. Okay. What, yeah. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, wait, no, granted. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then your inspiration as a DM, you can you know you can mm. piss piss flap around as much as you want without knowing the rules. <laughs> Can we, double, can we double elicit this show? Because we are yeah, going we in on it. Okay. You probably do need so to. Here I am, yeah. double piss flapping around with my books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you've got... So then, so then 
you know, you ran your first game 13 hours without any real knowledge of the Yeah, and the you rules. could fucking tell. <laughs> yeah, but but we ran 13 hours yeah, worth true. of D&D without rules. Um, or without a great knowledge without, of the rules. Without yes, you, books, you had we had there. rules. I yeah. Just, you know. yeah, exactly. So, But what did you need in that environment? You needed players and you needed bad guys or monsters. The world building and everything mm. else... That's associated with that, which is all DM's guide is. Yeah. That was just pure you, so it does depend yes, on, on. Yeah, it does depend on the person that actually gets involved with the game. So if you are like um, like yourself, if you're somebody who has um, a relatively rich imagination or like a lot of popular culture that you can pull from mm. and like strap into like a quasi story. Yeah. Then you don't need none that taken, DMG. but okay. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. like we sat down to play four hours, and then we were like, "It's, it's, yeah, it, yeah it, it's now like." When is he going to stop? to stop? I have a family. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, and do you know what? Mm. I'm going about to be absolutely admit that I may have been totally wrong-headed here because when I was building Tarthage mm. years ago. When it was mm. going to be a book, and then it was going to be a thing, and then, oh, I learned how to play Dungeons & Dragons along the way. The book, the one book I had to create all the culture... Now, I know a lot of it was either invented or cribbed from other popular culture and twisted and da 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 da, da. The mm-hmm. only book I had was the Player's Handbook. Yeah, which wasn't even your copy, was it? I believe you, you no, borrowed it, it from somebody. No, it was a borrowed one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> yes, your Player's Handbook is actually 100% necessary, Mm. Your monster manual, and this is where I get to, has enough information in it from a monster side of thing for you as a DM to actually look at this, read it, and go, I can build an entire campaign around this monster or around this yeah, area. Or this combination of monsters, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then and then you can step it into the other one. Um but you probably don't really need if you're not thinking of DMing, mm maybe don't get the monster manual because what you'll find yourself doing is you learn the monsters and then as you're playing you're using your player knowledge to influence your character decision unless you're very good at like oh yeah 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 Yeah, and that is that is the sort of quasi metagaming that kind of shouldn't be seen at the table but yeah that way but also if you like these things and you love lore and you love history and you love art like Mm. that monster manual it's oh, it's gorgeous. kick-ass for as as a thing yeah. to read. Out of the three, <clears throat> I think mm. seconded only by the player's handbook. I think the monster manual is to sit down and go, "Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I'm going to crib a bit of that. Oh, I like that element. Oh, I like that spell or or that feature of a monster. Why don't I put yeah. it in something else?" True, I think the DM's guide. I mean, I sit here and blather on about, "Oh, well, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that," but. I tell you what, I, I know what I've opened more. And it ain't the DM's guide, and I don't even own the monster manual. So that takes that out. But do you know what I mean? I, I, I flick mm-hmm. through the player's handbook way more out of those three. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, just... and I think most people will. Mm, true. Um, I think your DM's guide is there if you are first time world builder or second time. You know, this is, yeah. this is your like. I want to start DMing I'm not the most confident when it comes to like my ability to 
like I want to tell a story, but I've not. I don't know how to run a city. You know what I mean? Because you kind of got to do. Yeah. You've got to play like Sim City in the background mm. whilst you're running the story to kind of get everything running through. And that's the thing with the monster manual as well. I think I'm mm-hmm. I'm cribbing a lot from my own. The the only thing I've really DM'd is Tarfage, which, as you know, people who are listening to it and you as a player will know, it's not monster heavy. It's no, not. It's not. It's not that kind of fantasy. Yeah, it's you really know. not. You know. I do know. Hmm. A hundred percent. Well, you've, uh, you I gotta say, the... you've you've taught me around. I think this has been a little bit like therapy. I liked it. Yeah. Do you know what this is? This is classic starter set. <clears throat> is it though? Because I think this has been quite informative. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> oh dear. No, it's classic starter set. We've mm. sworn too much. We've yeah. gone way off topic and talked about Pokemon mm-hmm. for probably a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so bring find... it around then. So yeah. You would say, get your player's handbook, then get the monster manual, and then if you want, get the DM's guide. Yes, but you don't need to get the monster manual if you think you're just going to be a player. True. That's true. Okay, so if yeah. you want to be a DM, would you say get the monster manual first or the DM first? DM guild. Monster manual first. Well, no, it's still player's handbook, then monster manual, then DMG. Yeah, but I mean, um, if you get the player's handbook and then you're like, oh, I want a DM, yes. you'd go monster manual next. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't have probably said that at the beginning of this show, but actually, yeah. Because and and again, because because the monsters can give you such good inspiration for an adventure right. that you want to run. You can just read through and you can be like, you turn to the vampires page and you're like, mm. huh, vampires? Yeah, that's yeah. And then you look at it and there's such there's uh, for a lot of them there's these massive big lore dumps and like yeah. the reasons why they existed and all that sort of stuff. So you yeah. can actually kind of backwards engineer it and go right well if that's mm. the case if I've got vampires here then I need to have all these other things or, because like, not all homebrew worlds have have to be these sprawling metropolises of cities no. that need to be run it can be hey yeah my world is a collection of villages and hamlets and stuff and there might be a few small towns but it's not like you know if, if you don't have to go as a dash straight away mm-hmm. yeah I mean you look at um, settings like Dark Sun which is just like Here's three sun-blasted huts in the arse end of nowhere because this is the point where the water comes closest to the earth and everything else is sand. Right, and then that's, yeah. That's okay. your village. And then as you step out, like, just don't step out. Like, it's Mad Max Fury Road out there. Kind yeah. Of thing. Um, yeah. Not Fury Road. Uh, Thunderdome. It's Tina Turner one. That's the better one. Yeah, um, okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you had me on side. You could have said anything, then you went for that. <laughs> I, I, I think if the internet would back me, I'm going to say that. Oh, wow. Fucking me. pull me up a chair, then, if the internet's got your bag. Uh, yep. And, uh, <laughs> Should we end this? Yeah, let's bring it to a close with All the right. internet has my back. <laughs> yeah. And what? <laughs> All right. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been our listeners. We have been Starter Set. Roll well, and we will see you next week. Don't don't, don't even think about it. What's the best of the Dark Knight trilogy? I'm saying second one in my head, but I don't know which one. No, first one. I prefer the first one. That's my boy. What's the worst one? Last one. There we go. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 